Have you ever felt like you couldn't trust your own body? You couldn't trust your limbs or maybe your organs or your skin or your thought process or your emotions or anything that was physical. It is incredibly frightening and astonishing, whether it's from a catastrophic injury or accident or illness. It is so terribly scary. And I don't know if you've heard recently that the famous actress Brooke Shields was in this bizarre freak accident and it has knocked her for a loop. And she shared in an interview what it was like for her. And it got me thinking about how we overcome immense fear. Whether it's physical or not, something that's happened to you in some way. We're going to listen to Brooke Shields talk about what happened to her, and it's just frightening. And I'm also going to share a little story about what happened to me about three, gosh, three and a half, four years ago now. I'm not even sure. That was incredibly traumatizing for me. So how do we overcome that kind of fear. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins. Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. That's what we do here. Thank you guys for clicking and tuning in. And as I mentioned mentioned in the cold open, we're going to be talking about overcoming immense fear. And I'm talking about like something that shocked you or surprised you, physical ailments, accidents, injuries, injuries to, I guess you could even include injuries or you know, something catastrophic that happens to a loved one. But I was just going through my Google News this morning, and that's, I like to just kind of, you know, scroll through and see what's going on. And I saw a post that said, Brooke Shields shares what it was like for her, something like her catastrophic injury and her recovery. And I was like, wow, I hadn't heard anything about her. I'm like, car accident? Usually when you hear accident, you think car accident. And it didn't say that. So I was like, well, what is this about? And I, you know, clicked on it. And um, there was all the information and a video of her sharing the story about what happened to her. And I was just like, it's really sad. And I want to share it with you. But (sighs) If you're like me, (laughs) and I know a lot of my audience is younger than I am, but back in the 80s, like Brooke Shields was, I don't know, the Jennifer Aniston, the, I don't even know who's an it girl right now, Jennifer Lawrence, who knows, but she was just this stunningly beautiful model with mediocre acting skills as a teenager, but 
everyone knew about her. She did these jeans ads and she had these thick eyebrows, brown eyebrows and brown long hair and like kind of blue green eyes. And she's was and still is gorgeous. And she, everybody just, oh, Brooke Shields, Brooke Shields, right? So she was kind of a mainstay. And then in the 2000s, she did some sitcoms. I think she was in, was it Suddenly Susan or some sitcom that's long gone? And then she's done, I don't know what else, just a bunch of different smaller projects over the years. But, you know, I've pretty much forgotten about her for many, many years now. And so to see online that she went through this horrible accident, I was like, well, what happened? And I want to play for you what she says. This way you can hear it in her words. And then after that, I want to talk about what she's gone through and share with you something that I went through and really, really kind of deep dive in to how we deal with trauma or immense fear or injury or accident. I mean, in the world we live in today, in the United States anyway, and I'm really excited that I have new international listeners from Austria and Denmark. That's the latest country, Denmark. Or no, 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 sorry, not Denmark, Belgium. We already had Denmark, Belgium. So um, thank you guys for tuning in as well. Anybody from any foreign country, I really appreciate it as well as the US, of course. But you know, in the United States, we are now in a place where yes, statistically, it is unlikely we will be caught in a shooting, but they happen so often. I mean, it's just frightening to think, what if that happens to me or someone I know? What if? So I want to play this interview. I guess she's just, she got interviewed, Brooke Shields got interviewed by People Magazine. And she's just, it looks like they interviewed her just through zoom and she they just said you know tell us your story or something i don't know but there's no actual interviewer she's just sharing and unfortunately i will say that her the audio isn't as crystal clear so i apologize for that but you should be able to understand it but i um i do want you to know that the the lack of clear audio isn't on my end it's actually on people magazines in or her zoom link or whatever so this is Brooke Shields sharing what happened in her accident. And then, and then this freak thing happened. So you have to stop everything. I had just finished the 13th day of a 14 day transformation. That's what he calls it. So we were a day away from finishing. And I was just feeling so strong and so good. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to do the balance board one, one more time. And I always like to either start or end with this balance board because it, everything has to sort of fire at the same time. So I did it and I was putting it away. And this very sweet guy um, said, you know, started talking to me about it, how easy I made it look. And I said, look, it took me a year to learn how to do this. And I said, here, let me show you. And it looked like I was joking. It, it, it really looked like I was doing a gag a bit because I was talking about how there's a moment when you have to really trust 
and stay focused and then your body will kind of will, will kick in if you've been working up to it and i said here's what you have to do and i turned back and i flew up in the air and came down perfectly on the, the ball of the, the femur the, the, the the part not attached to the pelvis. And I hit at such a perfect angle with such force um, that I snapped my femur. And I just started screaming. Sounds came out of my system. That, I, that I've never heard before. I've never screamed at the top of my lungs like that. The pain was so excruciating that it was all I could do to sort of not pass out. I guess I got out of surgery at about 1 a.m. and I woke up in this room and they showed me an x-ray and they had put a rod um, going from my uh, feet part of it going from the insertion of my hip going one way and then another rod going from the top of my hip all the way down to my knee and it looked seamless it looked you know and and, and everybody was very happy and a few hours later the same pain started happening excruciating pain again and what showed in the x-ray was that the bone that had originally broken popped back out. So basically the, the injury was as it was when I came in there, except for I now had the rod. And so the second time I woke up and they showed me this apparatus that has got pins and I mean, it, it looks like a I look bionic in, in, in such a way. And I, I kept thinking, okay, that part's done. Now, what am I looking at? And I remember thinking, oh my God, what if I don't, what if I can't ever dance again? What if I don't actually walk? I think they quickly told me that I would walk but that it would be a very long process and it would be very hard and it would really take a lot of work. And instead of, I had to really psych myself and instead of going down the road of why me, this isn't fair, I thought you have an absolute choice right now. This is up to you. What's your choice going to be? And whatever your particular circumstances you know i think adversity reveals people I don't, I don't think it builds character i think it reveals character you know i think how you respond whatever you do whatever happens how you respond is is what defines you and i admit anything i'm a fighter because i don't like losing <laughs> i just don't like it <sighs> wow. Sorry, that like, 
it just gets to me. Even I watched it earlier today and I was just like, how terrible. And just to reiterate, so she was on a balance board, which I've seen those. I didn't know what it was called, but it almost looks like a little miniature surfboard on top of a tube like peg of sorts. That's, I don't know, maybe eight inches in diameter and maybe, I don't know, maybe 20 inches long. And you just sort of put this, this mini surfboard on top of this rolling thing. And then you put one foot on one side of the mini surfboard and the other side on the, the other foot on the other side. And you just try to balance. And they showed a picture of her trying to balance. And then she, you know, slipped and rolled and fell on it. And as she said, just landed on just the right way on her leg and broke her femur. And, uh, <sighs> I mean, just watching her talk about it, it's terrifying. And I think, I think maybe she was actually on Dancing with the Stars. I, I've never gotten into that, but I, I seem to feel like I remember that was true, which partially would explain when she was like, what if I never dance again? And I know that's, I think, think again something she's always loved and maybe she also did back in the 70s and 80s as well so you know but wondering about walking again all of that is just frightening and you know they showed a picture of her sorry about that they showed a picture of her in her hospital bed and she's all bandaged up and you know she just looks like a regular person not you know, decorated, you know, made up actress. And I started to think about when she said, you know, these kinds of things, this kind of fear, these kind of injuries, whatever, it doesn't define you. It reveals you. And I was like, yes, I think it does. It tells us who we are or who we are capable of being or who we can become. Because I think if you've been in a serious car accident or I know a friend of mine was in a serious bike accident and that's affected her life. I mean, m most of us, if we don't know someone who was in a car accident or if it wasn't ourselves, we know someone who knows someone who survived but had some significant injuries, whether it be car accident or something, you know, something strange and catastrophic. I even remember, you guys remember a couple, maybe three or four years ago, Carrie Underwood, the, the country singer from American Idol originally, she apparently fell down the steps and like, you know, smashed in her face and um, did some other things. I think she broke her wrist or something like it was a big deal like she has nerve damage and like all these things and she went out of her way not to really talk about it there's no photos there's no video there's no interview it was just like it hit the news and she was in recovery and nobody saw anything and then she sort of came out with a new album and said yeah yeah i went through this thing and now it's over and i'm you know more or less fine and her hair was slightly pulled over her face slightly and that was it. And then everybody just kind of moved on. And while everybody has their right or it's their choice or their decision, whether or not they talk about something like this, I feel like she missed an opportunity. I feel like she cheated us all from being able to experience that. I mean, 
I like her music. I'm not a huge fan. I think she's beautiful and very, very talented. And I remember when she was on American Idol and I was just blown away and she's just continued to blow us away because she's so talented. I mean, her voice is beautiful. But I would assume that her fans and even me, like I'm not a huge Brooke Shields fan. I like to hear these stories. And yes, it's probably none of my business or none of your business to know exactly what happened to Carrie Underwood. But I think these are where life lessons can be, especially when it's a wealthy celebrity, because people always assume, oh, you know, wealthy celebrities, they have all the money, they have everything, life is easy. And then you see them knocked on their ass. And now they're just like everybody else. I mean, yes, they may have the best healthcare and the best doctors and the best rehab and, you know, easily build a ramp on their front step and get the best, you know, mechanical bed and, and people to help them and extra nannies and whatever it takes to make their lives easier as they recover. But at the end of the day, if you're hurt, it doesn't matter how rich you are. You're hurt, just like everybody else. And so I was thinking about the fear that Brooke Shields must have felt, and obviously the pain. I mean, when she said that sounds came out of her that she didn't even recognize, I remember when I was once in a car accident, it was totally my fault. I had made a U-turn, I was, you know, going whatever east, and I was looking for a parking spot. It was at night and I was looking for a parking spot, meeting my friends at a restaurant. And I was like, okay, well, there's none down here. So why don't I make a U-turn and go back the other direction and see if there's parking spots over there? This is life in LA, right? Looking for parking. And then as I was turning, I saw a spot out of the corner of my eye back on the side of the road that I'd already come from. So instead of just making a U-turn, I was going to complete the turn and make a full circle. So I was making the U-turn, I saw the spot, and then I was going to go back around. Well, somehow there was a car coming and I just missed it. I didn't see it. I didn't know it was coming or else I wouldn't have tried to complete this complete circle. And so I basically turned in front of this smaller car, I was driving a Jeep SUV, and it T-boned me on my driver's side. And I don't know how fast she was going, but it was fast enough that when she hit me, my Jeep like tilted up, like to the right, and then came crashing down and just like, bam, and it was so loud, and so frightening and unexpected, that I remember hearing myself scream before I knew I was. I mean, it was just this like out of body experience where you see yourself sort of floating and I had my seatbelt on, but I remember like sort of swaying to the right and like screaming and like, I mean, it's all in a split second, but thinking like, what is that? Oh my gosh, that's me screaming again in an instant. And then when I landed, the front tire had just gotten mashed in the front left tire where we hit my car door was squished, but I was in no way like affected the the she hit the frame the, so i mean i think i had a sore knee and a slightly very slightly sore back but basically injury free no airbags went off 
but my car was totaled and I remember she'd been eating some ice cream and she was crying. This poor young woman was crying and she was like, oh, my ice cream's all over the car. And I felt so bad, but it just, when things don't go how we expect and, you know, you react in ways that you also didn't respect, expect, it's frightening. And so when I heard Brooke Shields talking about that, I mean, to have that kind of pain, oof. I mean, the femur is the strongest bone in the body. So to break your femur, that is pure freak accident slash immense power to break your femur. Unless you have, I don't know, osteoporosis, what is it, osteoporosis, pariasis, osteoporosis. Why can't I think of what that's called? Osteoporosis, that's it. And maybe other bone issues, but it is really difficult to break the femur. The tib, the fib, different story, but yes. So knowing she broke the strongest bone in the body, it's just like, oh, gives me chills thinking about it. And <clears throat> so when I was just watching this video and you can see the emotions on her face and the fear and the pain and the worry, it reminded me of the accident that I was in. And it was, I guess you could call it a freak accident of sort because of sorts, I certainly didn't expect it to happen. And I want to share that with you guys about what happened to me and really talk about like I mentioned in the cold open, what happens when you feel like you can't trust your body? I mean, that's something different. It's one thing when, you know, life happens, things are difficult, whatever. But if you've always been fully capable, able-bodied Jody, and then all the all of the sudden in an instant, you're not, it is very scary. And I want to share with you what happened to me coming up right after the break. Stay with me. Welcome back to Big Time Small Talk. And when we left before the break, I said I was going to share with you something that happened to me, which was very frightening. But before we do, I want to take a moment, as I usually do, and just once again, thank every single one of you for listening. And um, whatever country you're in, or city, or state, or province, thank you for clicking every time you do. Please don't forget to subscribe. Click that little button. It makes all the difference in the world, whether you listen or whether you don't. You get notifications or if your phone automatically downloads, please, please, please click subscribe and share the show. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever. I'm really, really focused on this. I'm passionate about connecting and growing this show and I can't do it without your help. And if you have a moment, if you could please leave a written review um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever, there's a review available to be left. Just take a couple minutes and just type out a few sentences, what you like about the show, and then click five stars. 
because people will listen to shows strictly based on reviews. And so the more of them I have, the more likely people are going to not just swipe on by. And it, it helps. So if you haven't done it already, I know I say this almost every show, and maybe you're like, okay, already, please just take a moment and do it. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, and then if you want to get in touch with the show, you can follow me on Instagram at Jody Rollins, J-O-D-I-R-O-L-L-I-N-S. And I post fun stuff about my life and my travels and all sorts of interesting pictures. I do updates on when new episodes will be posting on my Instagram stories as well. So you can check those out. A lot more people um, follow me on my, well, not really follow, but log on, pay attention to, look at, view my Instagram stories oftentimes than the people do to my regular Instagram feed. So check out my Instagram stories. I have a lot of fun with filters and all kinds of stuff. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can write me big time, small talk podcast at gmail.com. That's big time, small talk podcast at gmail.com. If you want to also get in touch with the show, you can leave a voicemail on the anchor app. You can go to, you know, download the anchor app wherever you, uh, listen, whether it's an Android, Android or Apple phone or whatever. And, um, you can download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm, just like that commercial says, and look for where you can leave a voicemail. Just search out my show and leave a voicemail. I love hearing from you guys. And sometimes I'll be able to play those on the show. If you're interested in supporting the show financially, you can do that also through the Anchor app or on anchor.fm. You can choose a monthly membership. Different uh, rates are available, whatever works for you. I greatly would appreciate it. It's fantastic. Every little bit helps. But as I always say, if you choose not to, I'm still going to keep doing this show anyway. My plan is to do it for four years. And if in four years I'm not where I want to be, then I'll have to do it for four more years. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm just focused on not giving up. I want to get to the place where I can get, you know, big name talent to be interviewed on my show, to be able to connect you guys with all kinds of things. I have so many ideas and projects in mind, but when you're just a small show in the growing phase, it's practically impossible because people just blow you off. Sad, but true. I mean, I get lots of requests to do interviews for podcasts that have smaller audiences than mine. And while I can't say yes to everyone, I always respond and I say yes to as many as I can because I want to help the little guy up as well. It's unfortunate, but a lot of the big wigs are just like, oh, you know, small podcasts, no. So the bigger we get, the more power we have. And the more power we have, the more I can do for you guys. And that's my goal. So continue listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I don't know who you all are, um, but thank you. Okay. So I think I got all the business out of the way. Yeah, da, 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 da. Click subscribe. Leave Yep. I think so. So we were just listening to Brooke Shields talk about her catastrophic injury. And back in 2017, March 31st of 2017, I didn't even really post much about this on my social media because it was a lot. 
I mean, for lack of a better word, it was so, uh, I mean, it, it, it took a lot. It was, it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I you know, pretty much speak for a living and I'm like at a loss of words to really describe this whole experience. So a little backstory, this was a rollerblading accident. And usually when people think about rollerblading accidents, it's like, oh, you kind of caught your skate, you tripped, you fell forward, you skinned your elbow. I had done that before. And honestly, I have rollerbladed since 1994. And when I lived in New York City, there was this beautiful park called Prospect Park. And it's rivaled only to Central Park. It's in Brooklyn. And it's stunning. If you're ever in New York City, check it out. It's just a beautiful, huge park. And that's where I sort of taught myself how to rollerblade. I just got a pair and went out skating and I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to stop. And I fell. But after that, I just taught myself how to rollerblade and very fast. I love speed. And there was this huge hill that I used to take and I would get in a, in a like a squat position or a tuck, you know, where you bend your knees and you kind of lean forward. So you're more aerodynamic. And I would just fly down this hill and I did it over and over and over and over and over. And I never fell, never had any near misses. If someone got in my way, I would just lean and just drift the other way and lean and drift the other way. And it was, it never occurred to me that I could severely hurt myself. I mean, I was young, so you're kind of, I'm trying to say stupid, but naive. But I always thought, well, if I have an issue, I'll just stand up or I don't know. I don't know. It never occurred to me. I thought about it a little bit, but I think that if you love speed, you can't really think about fear or else you wouldn't do it. And so I loved that. And then moved to LA and I would rollerblade here or there. Not so much because there's less of a place to rollerblade. I mean, you can do it. You can go rollerblading on the beach, but sand gets in your wheels and there's people, so you can't really go very fast. And for me, it was always about the speed. Well, when I moved to where I live now, there's this one park that's similar to the park where I, I used to go in New York. Not Nothing doesn't look at all like it, but it's got the two kind of traffic lanes and then a bike lane and a walking lane. So you don't have to worry about people getting in your way and there's no beach sand and all these things. It's just smooth sailing and you skate around the flat part and then you skate up this hill and you go down the hill. Well, I had done this same hill, I don't know how many times, numerous times getting the little, you know, skate up to the top and getting my little tuck and just fly down this hill. And it is such a great feeling, like euphoric. I love the speed. I used to love that with skiing and it just makes me happy. <laughs> no other way to put it. So back to March 31st. I was going to take this hill just like I always did. It was, I remember I was in the local production of Beauty and the Beast and I was going to get a quick rollerblade in before I had to go to rehearsal. And so I went around the circle, which is about a mile around. I went up the hill like I always do, nothing different. I got in the tuck and I started to pick up speed, pick up speed, pick up speed. And then just like with my car accident, it was like things all of a sudden went 
into slow motion. And I remember feeling my right leg just sort of going outward before I could even, it, it literally felt like slow motion. It was like, huh, my right leg is moving outward, which means I am now out of balance. And the next thing I know, I fell sideways on my left butt cheek and that bounced me forward and I flew through the air and just tumbled, just multiple times. And I remember at one point seeing my hands flying forward like Superman and just rolling. And I flew and rolled maybe 20 feet. And I had on a helmet and wrist guards and that was it. No, no, and knee guards. And that was it. I didn't have elbow guards, which I wish I had had. Um, but, and so I landed with my head facing downhill and my feet facing uphill. And I remember there was this guy walking by and he was like, oh, that's got to hurt. Are you okay? And I was embarrassed. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I didn't, didn't hit my head. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And I got up and I knew something was wrong. Like I just didn't feel like I didn't know what was wrong, but I didn't feel normal. And like my adrenaline of course is rushing and my car was not too far from that. And I rollerbladed to the car and I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm sort of investigating myself and my pants were ripped where I hit my, on my butt cheek and I was in immense pain, my left butt cheek. And my back hurt and I knew something was going on downstairs, shall we say. And I put my hand in my pants and I pulled my hand out and there was blood. And I was like, oh my God, did I, did I break my pelvis? Like I didn't even know what was wrong with me. And I knew there was something in my pants. So I thought there was like a piece of my bone. And then I was just like, okay, I got to call my husband. My arm is bleeding because I had road rash. My, my collarbone was hurt, like all these things, right? And I call my husband, who's just the most good-tempered human being on the planet. And he's like, hi, what's up, you know? And I'm like, I fell rollerblading. And he's like, oh, are you okay? And again, it comes back to people think when you fall rollerblading, it's just, let me put a boo-boo Band-Aid on my knee and that's inconvenient. I don't remember what else I said, but I made it very clear that I was not okay. And then he said, I was like, where are you? Where are you? And he was like 20 minutes away. And I was like, I think I'm going to pass out because I started getting lightheaded. And so I'm like leaning on my car because I can't sit down and I can't bend down to take my rollerblades off because the pain is getting worse and worse and worse. So I can't sit. I barely can stand. And all I can do is lean. And so he's like talking to me on the phone. He's like, hang on. And then 20 minutes felt like an eternity. And so he comes to get me and the hospital is literally two minutes away. And he helps me. I think he helped me. I don't even know if he helped me get my rollerblades off. I couldn't, I mean, sitting down was so painful. I, I, I think I don't even know what I did because I was, it was, the worst pain I have ever experienced. And so we get my rollerblades off at some point and I have no shoes on and 
we go into the hospital and they're like, oh, you know, did you have a four-wheeling accident at Glamis? I'm like, no, rollerblading. And they're like, oh, kind of looking at me sideways because like who rollerblades anymore? Nobody does it unless you're at the beach. It's just not that popular. And so um, they're like, okay, well, you can, you can, we're going to admit you in here. I said, because I feel like I'm going to pass out and immense pain and I'm bleeding. And they're like, okay, they're like, sit tight. And I'm like, I can't sit. So I remember I was on all fours on the floor in the hospital because I can't lie down because the pain. And so they get me a room and I figure out that I can lie on my stomach and only my stomach. And long story short, then I was like, something's in my pants, Jay. Like, I don't know if it's a bone or something. Now, before I tell you this story, we're all friends here, right? You guys have been listening for a while, maybe. This could be considered a TMI story, but I just got to share this story because it's partly funny <laughs> and partly gross and part of the whole trauma of it all. So if you're not interested in hearing a little weird tidbit, you can go ahead and click off right now or maybe fast forward by like 20 seconds, okay? There's your warning. It is a little TMI, but I'm going to share it with you guys anyway. So I'm in the little admitting area in the emergency room waiting to be seen, laying on my stomach. And I'm like, Jay, what is in my pants? Did I break a piece of my bone? I mean, I just, when you're in that much pain, like stuff doesn't necessarily make as much sense. I couldn't tell like all of what was wrong with me. I didn't know. I, I just knew I was bleeding. And so he, he pulls my pants down and there's a little turd in my pants. I hit the ground so hard that a little turd flew out of my bum and into my pants. Like, it wasn't like I had diarrhea or this giant mess. It was a little turd. And my husband had to take it out of my pants and throw it away. And he was like, this is love. No one can tell me I don't love you. And we kind of laughed and I was like, oh, it hurts to laugh. But I was in so much pain that eventually they gave me Dilaudid, which is a serious painkiller. And that didn't work. They gave me more Dilaudid. I mean, I'm just sitting there shivering when you're in that much pain and it was just everything felt cold and just waiting and they were going to x-ray me and on and on and on and two doses of Dilaudid and it's still hurt. And again, with the long story short, so from top to bottom, here were my injuries. I had like a dislocated left rib, road rash on my arm, and I'm talking a giant chunk was missing from my arm. Um, I had, let's see, what else moving down? I had um, tore my butt muscle, your gluteus maximus, which was the most painful thing. Like it sounds like, oh, you know, you just tear a muscle. Oh, no. When you tear the fibers in your being, your muscle, it is incredibly painful. I've never felt anything like that ever before or since. It was, it was, oh, I just thinking about the pain. It was terrible. I also fractured my tailbone, which is the second most painful pain because when I fell over, I bounced on my ass and that's when I tore my mus my butt muscle and fractured my tailbone, which is why I couldn't sit down. 
and you can't lay on your back very well because of all of this pain too. And then, this is more TMI, I tore my perineum, which for those of you who don't know, it's the space between your your hoo-hoo and your ha-ha, basically your butthole and your vagina. So I tore that space as if I gave birth, like women who were delivering babies during childbirth tear their perineum. Not me. I fell rollerblading. Again, when I hit the ground with such force, it ripped my butt to the left and my body went to the right or whatever direction, which is how that little turd flew out of my butt. And I tore my perineum, ripped my muscle, fractured my tailbone, and fractured a bone in my back, which is called the transverse process. Never even heard of this bone, didn't know I had it. It's basically a little bone that attaches to your spinal cord and it's not a weight bearing bone. And if you fracture it, they don't do anything. You just recover and have therapy. So between the, the, the fractured tailbone and the torn muscle, those were the most, most, most painful. And then after that was the fractured bone in my back and getting stitches in my perineum because they basically have to give you a shot in your and uh, on the outside of your <clears throat> and then sew you up, which was so painful because they had to give me like four or five numbing shots downstairs. And I'm just like squeezing my husband's hand and he's like, ow. I mean, again, this is with Dilaudid. So I was, pardon my French, fucked up. And they were like, okay, we're going to give you some painkillers and you can go home and you should make a nice recovery, which was really actually the wrong thing to say. They should have said, make sure you go to physical therapy after you recover because I didn't know that I should do that. They made it sound like, oh, you'll be fine. Again, with the long story short, I go home and I can't do anything. I can lay in bed I can't turn over. Turning over in bed would bring me to tears. I was in so much pain. I would have to plan getting up out of bed because it was work. And I would have my husband help me and like he sort of pull my hands and I would sort of roll and it would just hurt. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't bend down to tie my shoes or even get my shoes on. I couldn't put on tight fitting clothing like, you know, a pair of leggings because it was too hard. And going to the bathroom, you'd have to hold your breath because you still have stitches down there. I couldn't sit comfortably because I had the fractured tailbone. So I couldn't drive. I couldn't sit at my desk because I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand very long because I was weak. So all of this stuff was terrible. So all I could do was pretty much lay in bed on my stomach and watch TV. I didn't like how the painkillers made me feel after day one. I was like, forget that. And just took a bunch of Advil. And so that did help. And, uh, but not much. If this, if the pain at that point was like an eight, when I had the accident, it was definitely a nine and a half to a 10. And I just had to lay there. And that's when the fear set in. I'm like, I am an active person. My favorite things to do are to go running, to go hiking, snow skiing, walking, walk my dog, whatever, just be outside and be physical, rollerblading. And I was so angry because I did this to myself. And to this day, I don't even know what happened. I, I don't know if there was a, a slight earthquake because there had been nothing that I did wrong. It's just my weight shifted without me shifting it. 
We have earthquakes here all the time, just a subtle bump in the road, you know, a quick jolt or, you know, or a slight shift can cause someone to fall down. That's my first suspicion. Maybe there was something on the road that I didn't see, but I didn't feel anything. So I don't know to this day, but I was angry and I was scared. I was scared because I'm like, how, what if, what if I can't, and then you can just put in the word, what if I can't run? What if I can't hike? What if, how long is this going to take me to recover? I mean, I, I could barely walk to our mailbox. We had this really long driveway at our old house. We lived out in the country. And walking to that mailbox, I was just like, I would have to take a break. And this was like after two weeks, I could kind of shuffle my way out to the mailbox. And you want to do things. You don't want people to take care of you, you know? But when you look the same, because my face looked the same, my body basically looked the same, unless you were looking at, you know, x-rays, or if you're looking at the bandage on my arm from the road rash, and there was also like a, a chunk that was missing from my palm that wasn't covered by the, the wrist guards that where my hand had skidded on the road, you wouldn't know I was hurt if I was just standing there. And so the world is like going on and everybody's fine and like, you know, and I'm in so much pain. I can't work. So it was terrifying. And I remember I was watching this one episode of The Challenge on MTV, which is a really fun show. If you don't watch it, if you watch Big Brother or any kind of reality show where you like, you know, action and people competing, I highly recommend The Challenge. It's a lot of fun. And they did this competition where they had to like run for six miles or something. And I just was watching it and I was filled with envy because I thought I can't even walk without pain, let alone run. And it was like a dog salivating for a steak. I wished, I missed the fact that in an instant, I no longer could run. As much as the doctors was like, you'll be fine, you know, just take some time. When you can't even roll over in bed, it's, it's, I mean, I've said it already, but just, it was terrifying. And the fear and the anger, all of that that comes over you, it's a lot. I mean, I didn't have to go through a bunch of surgeries like Brooke Shields. I mean, I guess, you know, I don't know if that, does that count when you get stitches. That's not a surgery. But, you know, people who have tumors that they have to have removed or I have a friend that's going through breast cancer right now, like having to have your breasts removed and having a mastectomy, like knowing that your body has failed you in some way, whether it's your fault or not your fault, it can be incredibly overwhelming. And I think that, just like Brooke Shields said, helps us reveal a lot about ourselves. And I knew that I had to stop what ifing. And I've said this in past episodes. I had to stop saying, what if I can't run? And what if I can't this? And will I rollerblade again? And what if, and what if, and what if, and what if? And I was just like, for today, I rolled over. And it was only an eight on the pain scale. For today, you know, the next day I rolled over and the next day and it got a little bit easier and then I was able to drive, but I could, I had to sit on my right butt cheek, you know, because after a while when you have a torn muscle, I can only speak for myself. It felt like I was sitting on like a giant balled up sock, 
like it's just this extra lump of discomfort and it was painful. I mean, the tailbone took about two, two and a half years to recover. Like obviously I could sit, I could drive, I could run, but it would always ache. I couldn't sit for very long and I would bring a pillow to a restaurant. People are like, what are you doing? Like a car pillow. I'm like, because I have this stupid injury. So each day I would get a teeny weeny bit better and I had to really focus on those small victories and whatever they were, whatever they were, however they came, I had to acknowledge them and appreciate them and accept where I was. And I think that's life. You know, Brooke Shields in another interview that I didn't play for you guys talked about a time when she, as she basically puts it, she had her own sort of pity party and her husband was like, okay, are you done? And she's like, but why me? And why did this happen to me? And I just want to be done with this. And why, why, why? And he was like, right, but are you done? You are a strong woman and you're going to get through this. And it's okay for us to have pity parties about whatever we're going through, whether it's physical, emotional, whatever but we are going to make it through. And it's these times that we are truly revealed to be whoever we are. Because as much as that was crappy and I hated it, let me just tell you, I survived. I'm here obviously talking to you. And at this very moment, I'm not in any pain. I still have to deal with my back issues and making sure I keep my posture because my back ended up twisting a little bit in recovery going to chiropractors and I, you know, hang upside down on my yoga swing, which really helps keep my back in line kind of traction. But I took that hill again on rollerblades. I took it two more times just because I was like, this hill is not going to beat me. To me now, the cost is too great for that to ever happen again. I can't, I mean, I guess I could if I had to go through that again, but I don't want to but I wasn't going to let that hill beat me. I didn't go as high as I used to go, but I was like, screw you, hill. Hill one, Jody two, I win. And so I took it twice and I was like, that's it. And I still have rollerbladed here and there. And the particular park where I go to, there's a lot of gravel, which I hate. So I don't go there very often. If it was smoother, I probably would. But I still run and I still ski and every now and then it aches. But for the most part, I'm pretty much back to normal other than the, again, same with my um, transverse process, that bone that I fractured in my back. It'll ache every now and then, but not that much. But I revealed to myself how strong I am. Because I can tell you the very first run that I went on after this freak accident was the best. And I remember like the wind was kind of blowing in my hair a little bit and I had my earbuds in and I had whatever song playing and I felt like Rocky running up the steps in Philadelphia. I overcame it. I knew that I would, even during those dark days, I would literally just lay in bed and just cry because it hurt so much. But I knew that I could make it through. I had to. 
And as a matter of fact, speaking of have tos, the segment is coming to an end. So I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. So what do accidents tell us about ourselves? What do, what do we learn when we feel like our body has failed us? Because we can sit in self-pity and go, this is why me, this is terrible. Or we can say, what next? What next? I mean, we don't know where our life is going to take us. We don't know what kind of physical trauma we may experience. We don't know. Most of us are relatively young and aren't experiencing old age. I'm talking old age where you only walk with a walker. You know, maybe you're losing your mental capabilities. Maybe you can't walk at all. Maybe you've suffered from severe diseases. We don't know. So I think it's important not to ask why me or what if this or that, to really take time to find a way to keep going. I know that if my femur was broken, oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about what Brooke Shields has had to go through. Something else I didn't mention in her article, she talks about how she got in Infected, like an infection in her injury. And they were worried about MRSA. I don't know if she actually got MRSA or if they were only worried about it, but it's like a flesh eating bacteria, I think, which is worse than you have to take antibiotics and worry about all kinds of things. MRSA can kill you. So I don't know. I guess the point I'm trying to make or the takeaway from this episode is that sometime in our lives, our bodies will not be or do what we want them to be or do. And if we're lucky, it's temporary. And if we're not, we have to find a way to keep going. And I think it's a metaphor for life. You know, I had this other friend who went through breast cancer and I think she... I don't remember if she ever went through reconstruction, but she was just like, I'm not even going to say why me. I'm just going to say, hey, I'm glad I found it. And that was it. Like she obviously wasn't happy or overjoyed, but she just kept going. I had another friend that had cancer in a different organ of her body. And I don't want to say just in case she ever does listen, but one that could kill you, but it didn't kill her. She had it removed and she got on with her life. And I just so admire people who go through these things. We don't know from day to day what could happen. We just don't. But I think the metaphor for life is that we've just got to keep going. I love my limbs and my body. It's been strong. It's been good to me. And most of the time, sure, I'm very critical. I'm like, oh, why isn't my stomach flatter? Why isn't this? Why do my knees hurt? Like I've got bad knees. I've talked about it before. I get cortisone shots in my knees every mm, three months, 
to alleviate pain from uh, degenerative discs or not discs, um, meniscus. And because I love to be active, but I could be saying, why me? And who am I kidding? I've said that. But now I say, hey, I'm lucky enough that I get cortisone and it works for me. I have some friends that were like, I tried it. It didn't work. Eventually, I will have to get double knee replacements, which is a little frightening. But on the other hand, I'm like, wow, I'm going to actually not be in pain. Pain is scary. But I think it gives us the opportunity to really see who we are. And as sad as I was when I was laying in the bed crying because I was in so much pain, I started to think about what I was going to do when I could get up. I started to inspire myself. I started to remember that the body can heal, at least my body. I'm lucky enough that my body can heal. Some people still are suffering. And each day it got a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And again, over the years it took for my fractured tailbone to heal and all the pain of the torn muscle, which probably took about a year, year and a half. I'm okay. And I feel lucky to have gotten to know myself a little bit better. I'm one tough cookie. I wouldn't have learned that if that hadn't happened. Again, do I wish it had happened? No. But since it did, I learned about myself in a way that I never could have if it hadn't. And all of us have things in our lives that have sucked. You right now may be going through something that you're like, this is going to break me. But it won't. It doesn't. And you can look back and go, I can't believe I made it through that. And you did. And you will again. And that's what I love about the fact that Brooke Shields had the courage to share her story. Because it it reminded me of what I went through. And it kind of refreshed all of that. Because I don't think about it very often. I appreciate that she's going through this hell and she shared it with complete strangers. And that's why when Carrie Underwood didn't, I was like, really? Again, everybody has their right to privacy. Don't get me wrong. But I appreciate these little lessons, these life lessons. I don't even want to diminish them by calling them little. I appreciate them. And I think we all should. There is power through all the pain. There is strength through all of that growth. There is growth through all of the strength that we have to have and go through, the things that we go through. So again, if you right now are going through something, you're going to make it. You're going to keep going. I know it. We are all survivors if we choose to be. So whether it's physical or mental, it doesn't matter. But today we focused on physical. We are all survivors. That's what I think anyway. That's my story and I'm sticking to it.